Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. How many have been blessed by the leadership series that we are treating? How many have learned something so far? Okay. Genesis chapter 12. We are going to read from verses 1 all the way through to 9. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 9. The Bible says that now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make, you a gr- I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Amen, Haran. And then he took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all his possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran and departed to the land of Canaan. So they came to a land, to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land to a place of Shechem, to the place of Shechem, as far as Terebinth tree of Moreh. And the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, to your descendants, I will give this land. And they, there he built an altar and to the Lord who appeared to him. Hallelujah. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And he built an altar to the Lord and called the name of the Lord. So Abraham journeyed, journeyed going on still towards the south. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we are talking about leadership. I started to, uh, defining leadership as moving yourself from one place to a desired destination. That's what leadership is about. Are you with me? And I said to you that every one of us are leaders. Because we've been called to be leaders. And every one of us, or each one of us, lead ourselves to start with. You know, if you look at the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that when God said, let us make man in our own image and let him have dominion. Are you with me? Let him have dominion over his world. What he was saying is that let us make man in our own image. Let's put that scripture, the Genesis 1, 26, 27. It says that let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness and let him have dominion over his world, his, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle and over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. What he was saying is that let man 
be able to lead his world and dominate or dom have do do domination over, over his world. Are you with me? Which means that we have been called to have dominion over our world. When you say your world, what, what are we talking about? Your world is your sphere, your sphere of life. So your sphere, when we say the world, I'm talking about take dominion over the whole world. Are you with me? By your sphere, in your sphere, God has called you to dominate that sphere. That means that your workplace, your home, your anything that concerns you, that your area of operation, you, you are called to have a certain kind of rulership. Take charge of, of that world. Hallelujah. And that world is not just a little place. It says that the, the, the sky, the, the, the sea, and the earth, everything that moves in your world, you must have control over. Amen. So we are talking about leadership, and we started talking about, we, we used uh, personalities, because leadership is such a big animal that if you are going to talk about leadership, you can either be too theoretical and not really hit the places that you need to hit. So instead of use, looking at leadership on a topical basis, I decided to look at it on a personality base. Are you with me? Because any topic you take, you can either look at it as a topical or you can pinpoint are you with me? Specific by using certain examples so that you can hit home. Are, are you getting it? So I decided to use personalities to, to bring home what we are talking about as leadership in general. So we looked at Peter, isn't it? We finished looking at Peter last week. Now this week we are looking at Abraham. Now, you see that Abraham, to start with, in verse, verse uh, the first verse that we looked at, uh, uh, verse 1, he says that, get thee out of your country from your family and your father's house to a land that I will show you. One thing about leadership is that you don't know where you are going. You see, a leader who tells you that they know where they are going, either their leadership sphere is very, very limited. Are you with me? Or they are lying to you. No leader knows where they are going. Because if you know where you are going, then the place you are going is, is very short. It's very, very near. So when a man comes to you and says that, I want to marry you, and I will show you the world, and he's very confident, means that either he's lying or he himself is very limited in his, in his, in his, you understand, in his look, outlook on life, it's just ending here. Because life is very far. And life will take you through a series of changing scenes. Are you with me? So nobody knows. And I told you the other day that when God calls you, he doesn't show you the destination. Because otherwise, the destination will be what you are looking for. But God calls us to have a relationship. It's not about destination. So even though God called Abraham and said that to a land I will show you, he never showed Abraham the land, the destination. Because if Abraham knew the destination, he would have left him. And just gone his way. But see, our land I will show you means means that every day you have to keep following me. There's a difference between following the, an atlas. You know, atlas A to Z. How many remember A to Z? There's a difference between following A to Z and following a, a, a GPS. Because GPS, you don't know where you're going. He says, take a left. Take a right. Go on the runabout, take the second exit. You don't really know. You have never been there, but you keep 
faith in that GPS and the voice you are hearing and eventually brings you to your desired end. Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? Today I, I'm praying that nobody will spoil my message because I want to hurry up and go home. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you see, leadership is if you don't get the right leader, you are, you are liable to make a mistake. How many? And if you yourself, you are not a good leader, you are likely to end up in a ditch. How many know that there are some people, they are wired wrong? When you follow them, you are going to a ditch. They, even anytime, any argument, anytime they open their mind, they, in their mouth, all they see is the wrong things. All they see is the down. How many know what I'm talking about? When a depressive person, all they see is negative. You know, if you have that type of person leading you, you, can, you know you are going to, you are going straight down. There's a scripture in, in Isaiah chapter 9. Look at, let's look at it. Verse 12. I'm trying to give us a little bit of uh, taxing speed before we take off. Is that okay? <laughs> Are you? Is that, is that chapter 9? No, maybe it's 19 or I'm looking for a scripture that says that for the leaders of the people cause them to err. Nine sixteen, sorry. For the leaders of these people cause them cause them to err, and those who are led by them are what? So when you have somebody who is wired wrong leading you, you your end is destruction. I was saying to you last week that the problem of Africa is a problem of leadership. And Africa is, has gradually and systematically been destroyed by those that have led Africa because they have caused the people to err. Are you getting it? When you have somebody who is leading you who is wired wrong, when you yourself leading yourself, you are wired wrong. That is why you must not trust yourself too much. You must, not, you must not trust your judgment too much. You must look around. You must look sharp. When you see something working, somebody's working, something is working well, you can learn. Are you with me? When everything you do doesn't work right, be, be, be honest enough to say to yourself, maybe I am wrong. How many have been wrong before? Give me a wave. If you have been wrong before, the tendency of you being wrong again is very great. Are, are you with me? So if you have done something that didn't work, it means that you, you, are, you are susceptible to do, doing another thing that won't work. So when you see somebody doing something that is working, be smart enough to learn. Are you with me? That's why we are 
looking at this guy, Abraham, he did something that in the end worked. And so we need to copy what he did so that we don't make our mistakes. I I always say that some people can only learn by their own experience. But that's not a smart way of learning. Are you with me? It's not a smart way to learn by experience because sometimes the experience you go through, you may never recover. And life is too short to use your own life as an experiment. Yeah. You know, I, today I have been very, very, very upset this evening because I was just as soon as I left work, we have a group chat, my school year group. Somebody just put on the platform that one of our friends is sick. This morning he was had a, rushed to the hospital, he had a stroke this morning. And they mentioned a name, and I was like, what, who is that? I don't know the nickname they mentioned. And so they, they somebody put a picture of him. I said, ah, this is Eric. He's my, he was my roommate. We're in the same room. I know him by his, his other name. So I called the other name, and they said, yes, that's him. So I called my other friend, who was also in our room, just this is when I go home. And we're talking. And I said, have you heard what has happened to our friend Eric? Then he said, oh, yes, I've, I've just heard. And so we're talking about how we need to look after ourselves, well, our diet and everything. As we're talking, he received a phone call. So he said, hold on. The other roommate, the other roommate has called. So hold on. Let's, let me speak. And then I'll connect a conference call so we can all talk. As soon as he put the phone, I said, our friend just died. That was about just an hour ago. You know, and, and see, it's because we see some of these things happening, but we don't learn until it happens to us. We know that when you don't look after yourself well, things can happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But then you see us going through the same motion, not learning. From another, because, but you see, you may go through it and you end up dead before you can transform. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I, I'm, I'm trying to sound a caution to us that don't always want to learn by your own experience. It's not a smart thing to do. There are a lot of examples. Open your eyes and see. When you see that this, this is not the way to go, don't go there. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? It's, it's, it's smarter to use some under, other people's experience to learn. Amen. In business, they call something OP, OPM, other people's money. A smarter businessman uses other people's money to invest than using their own money. That's a smarter way of, of doing business. Anyway, we're not talking about business today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 14, Jesus talking says that let them alone. They be blind leaders. Today, all my scriptures, I, I wrote it whilst driving. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I'll come back to this 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 one. But let's let's go quickly to the to the characteristics of of Abraham's leadership. Amen. Right. First verse. Let's look at it. Now the Lord said to Abraham, "Get out of your country, from your family, to your father's house, to a land that I will show you." I don't know whether you can see a quality of leadership here in this scripture. Who can see anything? Somebody saying, "Get out." <laughs> Somebody says obedience. Well, well, partially, but. He says that to a land that I will show you, leadership has a goal. Leadership has a goal. Anybody who is leading without a specific goal or specific destination in mind is taking a walk. You may not know the destination, but you have a goal. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. How many have understood what I said? If you are walking, let's say you are walking and you don't have any aim to get to any place. You're only taking a walk. Because anywhere you get to is a destination. You may not know the specific address you're going to, but you must have an aim whilst walking that I'm going towards this. Am I making sense? You start in life. You are, you are going towards something. You have a, a, a general aim. Maybe some, for somebody, your aim is that where my father got to, I should get beyond that. So you don't know how, but you have a general destination in mind. How many understand what I'm say, trying to say? Yeah, you must have a general idea that I want to become. Like when you, you go to a, a, a nursery or kindergarten a classroom and you ask somebody, what do you want to be in future? They say what? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a farmer. I want to be a fireman. I want to be this. I want to be that. As to how it takes to get there, they don't know. But they have a general... Do you understand what I'm saying? That they are working towards. There are some people, they start, I want to be a doctor. By the time they get to class one, class two, they see the, the, what it takes to be a doctor. They don't know. Then they start revising. <laughs> then they start revising down. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but you see, when, when God visited Abraham, God gave Abraham a goal. You see, if your idea and your mind for leadership is money, you don't have a, an aim. I don't know whether you understand what I just said. Because if you look at this, God didn't mention money and blessing till verse 2 and 3 downwards. But for verse 1, it was very simple. Come, I will take you to a land. Leave your mother, your father's house to a land I'll show you. You want to start a business, your aim for the business must never be about money. Anything you want to start, if you are doing it because of money, you don't have aim. Your aim must be to get to a destination. Along the way towards the aim, money will only complement what you are doing right. Are you with me? You want to start um, a charity to look after the homeless. 
That's a, that must be the aim. So I want to eventually be rich. It's not a good aim. I want to be a millionaire. You know, in this day and age, that is the aim the world is giving to our youngsters. I want to be famous. I want to be rich. Get rich or die trying. Get rich or die trying. That is the, 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 type of, that's the type of life we have now that the, the, the media has fed into our, our children. But that is not a very good and a smart way of living. You must never aim for money because money is not a very good aim. Money only comes to, uh, uh, to uh, show appreciation for the efforts that you have made. Oh, I don't know what I mean. Money is like a hand clap. When you, you do well, money will. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? When, 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 let's say you start a business and your plan and everything works well, then money comes to complement. <laughs> Are you getting it? Yeah, yeah. That's what money comes to do. Money is never a good reason. See, if you are singing for people to, to say, hey, well done, you won't sing well. How many know what I'm saying? Well, when you sing a certain note and you hit a certain note in the, in the middle of the song and people say, ah, they start clapping, you stop right there because all you wanted was a clap. <laughs> and now that they've clapped for you, what else, what next? You see that from that point on was it going to be downhill, downhill. And in the end, when they, list, they, 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 they give a summary of the, your, the singing that you did, they'll say you sang well up to a point and then you, you just fell off. Do you understand? So if somebody say, what was the general, uh, what would you give the general performance? You say what? Five over. Because your aim was to be clapped for. And as soon as in the middle of the, the, the singing, they clap for you, so like, I finished. So, looking forward towards fame is not a very smart thing. Because some people have been famous very early and they died poor. They died broke. Have you not heard of famous people who now, when they are working, nobody knows them? There was a, a famous keyboardist that, um, I don't know, maybe if I tell you his name, I can't mention his name, some of you will not know, but this guy was a famous, famous keyboard player, famous guy. And he taught the whole world. One day, I was buying, um, I can't remember. No, I think I was buying kebabs. I was buying. I was buying kebabs. In, in Ghana, I was buying kebabs. Then some one guy, some guy came came to 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 me. He came to stand by me. So he started talking. Blah blah. I said, "Can you give me some money?" And you know, I had already taken the money to pay. And so the guy saw me. I couldn't say that I don't have money. You know. So I just. Gave him something. Just leave me alone. I continued buying the kebab. And, and when I finished, I said, do you know this guy? Then he 
mentioned the message in I mentioned the group that he used to play for. He said, Yes. It's the guy. I mean, this guy was famous. Taught the whole world. His name is up to today to Google his name. You know, some people when you Google their name, they will, nothing will come. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, when you Google his name, his, his achievement comes. But today he's begging for money. And it's like, I didn't even look at his face. I just, here, take and give me. Because when I'm doing my kebabs, I'm not, I need concentration. Listen, you don't spoil my message tonight. Don't spoil. Whatever you do, don't spoil my message. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you must, you see, anything and everything, there must be a goal. When you are marrying somebody, what is your aim for marrying? One day I went to I went to a, a, a wedding ceremony, and the past the priest who was doing the wedding. He called the man and asked him, "What did you come and do here?" <laughs> and he, he said it in a he said it in a local in a local dialect, and he was very heavy. What did you come and do here? And the guy was shaking. <laughs> he, he never ex- he didn't expect that question. And the question was that he said, what is your goal in marrying this girl? I'm asking, what is your goal in life? Are you living just to fill the air? Do you have a short-term plan, a medium-term plan, a long-term plan, or you are just existing? What is your goal? Why are you here? Why are you sitting in this, in this room this evening? What is your goal? You see, if you don't have a goal, you will never achieve anything. If you don't have an aim, you won't go far. Everybody in life, every step of the way, you must have a plan. See, have you seen people who are just going? Then they get a job here, then they turn this way. Then they lose the job, then the job is here, then they turn this way. Then they, and they, they say, oh, there's a better job here. Then you see, they go here. Then they are here. Then somebody, they, they come here, and then there's a boss that they don't like. Then someone says, oh, I'll take you to another place. Then they go here. You don't have an aim. If you have an aim to get to the, where the keyboard is, you come here and you meet a boss who doesn't like you. And somebody says, there's a, a better job here. What do you do? You stay here. Even when you are here and you feel that, they say, okay, we don't need you. We are, we are sucking you. You go back, but you are still pointed there. Because your aim is there. 
Are you with me? And whatever you do to get to that place, that is what you, you persist to do. Because that is the aim. You must have an aim in life and you must be perseverant to get to that aim and to achieve that goal. Never be obeyed the wind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Never be obeyed the wind. Stomach direction. Your stomach is leading you. Pass left, then you are left. Pass right, then you are passing right. See, oh, I like this girl. She's nice and oh, slim. Nice and slim. Then you are, okay, I want to marry you. Then you see a nicer one. Then say, hey, hey, hey. Then you see another nice one. Say, hey, look at somebody. You're everywhere. Pastor, can I have all of them? Somebody said to me, Pastor, if only I can take the head of this girl and put on the body. How can you take somebody's head and put on somebody else? This one, she's beautiful, but the brain is not working. <laughs> the head is dead. So if I can take this head and <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? You see, he said, I have a goal for you. There's a scripture in the Bible, in John chapter 3, verse 17. He said that, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but that through him, the world will be saved. God had a plan for Jesus coming to the earth. In 1 John 3, 8, look at 1 John 3, 8. He says that, for this reason, the son of God was made manifest, that he may destroy the works of the devil. Are you with me? For this purpose, for this reason, he was made manifest that he would what? Destroy. So there was a plan for Jesus. So he got to a place, the Bible said, he fixed his face towards Calvary. And there, his, Matthew 16, then immediately his person he had chosen to lead his church said that far be it from you that you will go and die. He looked at him and called him Satan because I have a goal. I have a plan. I have a purpose. My question to you is that do you have a goal? You don't have to be old to have a goal. You must have a goal in life. Every time you are working, you must have a goal. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I want to achieve? You know, go for an interview. They ask you, what's your long-term goal? And then you start waffling. <laughs> I mean, know what I'm talking about. You start, <laughs> it's like, one day I will sit where you are sitting. <laughs> you know this person will not get this job. <laughs> Hallelujah. Abraham had a goal. Are you with me? Somebody like Lot did not have a goal. Lot was just following. He saw some nice things. Then the nice things gave him a goal. In other words, if you don't have a goal, life will give you your, a goal. I, I don't, I'm saying some deep things here today, but I don't know whether you are getting it. If you don't have a goal, life will give you a goal. You don't have an aim, life will give you an aim. 
You see the girl, I want to marry you. I want to marry you. Then you marry her because she's beautiful. Then she gets an accident. And now her face, half of her face is bent. Now, what do you do? Ah, I believe it, and you are going to find somebody else. You You see, you didn't have a plan. (laughs) It was not a long term thing. (laughs) Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. He says that write the vision, make it plain, so that they that see it will be able to run. See, In life, you cannot run fast if you don't have a goal, you don't have a vision. Your progress is staccato, is impeded, is bumpy when you don't have a goal. Have you seen water running down a water course? It's going this way. Then there's a blockage. You see the water goes this way. Then it's going, then there's a blockage, then it starts going down. Then there's a blockade, then it starts going. There's a blockade, then you see that the, sometimes the blockade will bring it back to where it started. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because it doesn't have a goal. So it is being directed by the obstacles in life. Please don't be directed by the obstacles in life. It's not a very good way to live your life. It's not a very smart way. As for Abraham, he had a goal. His goal was where God wants me to go. So when he got to the place where they had to part ways with Lot, Lot was looking at the nice seaside, green, well-watered, nice grapes, nice food, and everything. He said, I like this place. Abraham said, where does God want me to go? That is where I'm going. Remember what God told Abraham. Say that if he chooses right, choose left. If he goes forward, go backwards. Go to the opposite of where he chooses. And God, knowing the end from the beginning, knew that Lord would choose the nice things. So you let him choose. So when he chooses right, I've sent you to left. So as soon as he chose the plane, he climbed the mountain. If he has chosen uh, Sodom, Gomorrah, go to the mountains. That's where I've called you. As soon as Lot left Abraham, God spoke to Abraham and said that, get up, walk the length and the breadth of this land. For as far as your eyes can see, I'm giving you that place. He had a goal. So he was not distracted by the things or the people in his way. If you don't have a goal, you'll be distracted. Are you with me? You end up fighting for things you don't need to fight for. You end up competing with crabs when you're supposed to be soaring with the eagles. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, I don't know whether you understood what I said. Somebody who hasn't got a goal goal and a plan, you see them fighting. They're fighting for some people. But when you have a goal, you don't fight certain fights. Do you understand? Because this is not your destination. Remember remember the story about uh, uh, the the eagle that fell, eaglet that fell amongst the 
the, the chicken, the crows, and was with them and was feeding with them. Because the, the, the eagle couldn't see, didn't have the vision. It was fighting with the other crows for food. Until one day, he saw a vision of eagles flying near the sun. Then he took off. His one lifting up of his wing blew all the crows away. And he began to soar. See, always have a vision. Always have a plan. And make sure your vision doesn't include money. Because money is not a very good goal. As for me, I want to marry a rich man. Foolish girl. It's a very foolish thing to say. I want to marry a rich man. It's not a very good aim. There was this girl. <laughs> you see, every day I say I have a story. There was this girl in my church. Very nice sister. About marrying age. And she came to me, Pastor, I'm believing God. I said, Sister, take your time. Then I said to the sister, Have you seen that brother there? He's a good guy. I'm going to get the guy to come and propose to you. And when he comes to propose to you, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm, 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 okay. Let's go on. Let's go on. So number two. Is that your boom or what? Number two, a leader has. <laughs> See, I told the girl, I'm going to talk to this brother. He will come and propose to you. When he comes, say yes. That's how I operate. So, I went and I told the brother, have you seen this sister? She's a very good girl. She's somebody, if I tell her sit, she'll sit. If I say stand, she'll stand. She's a very good wife material. Go and propose to her. And the guy said, Pastor, I'm going. So, the guy went, proposed to the girl. Just then, just about the time the boy was going to propose to the girl, we had another branch, another church came to visit, came to sing in our church. Oh, no, no, we went to, we went for a convention in another place. And then when we went, there was this brother in this church who had a sports car, yellow sports car. You remember the car? Yellow, yellow two-door sports car. Tall guy. Very, very tall. So, 
The girl saw the boy. Saw the car. Saw the car the boy was using. And the boy said hello to the girl. Not in any particular, particular way of saying hello. Any particular hello, I like you. No, no, no. It's just, you know, like we have met. You know, this church has come to visit this church. So we've all met. And like, hello, 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 hello. The girl went to find the boy's number. And started calling this boy with the yellow car. Meanwhile, the brother had proposed. And she's like, okay, uh, yeah, pastor says I should say yes, but you let's be friends. You know, sort of partial, sort of, we have answered, but we haven't answered. And she was actively pursuing the yellow car. But see, when you like somebody, you must hope that the person also likes you. Because your type must be your type's type. You must be your type's type, otherwise you're in trouble. But unfortunately, she was not her type's type. So by the time months have gone by, he has strung this guy up to a point. The guy realized, the guy came to say, Pastor, this is not working. Because it's like this girl, she said she'll call me today. She calls next week. If I don't visit, she doesn't visit. If I don't call, she, if, if we see, I'm seeing her in church. If I don't go to her, she doesn't come. To I said, my brother, go and sit in your corner. We'll, we'll, I'll get you somebody else. So, the guy was disappointed. This girl was actively pursuing this, this yellow car. And you see, it's like uh, trying to catch a wind and you get a whirlwind. <laughs> So she caught the whirlwind. The, the guy is a like smooth guy and has a big voice, you know. Hello, baby. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about you, you know. That, that's how he talk. I've been thinking about you. How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> very, very smooth guy. With his yellow car. Everything is trim, each perfect. You should see his shoes when he's coming. But you see, anything that is attractive or is striking has struck many people. Anything that is striking has struck many people on its way. So, obviously, this girl was struck. She was struck. Yeah. And she never recovered. As we speak today, she still hasn't recovered. Yeah. As we speak today, she has one child and never recovered. Yeah. Yeah. And that brother now became better and bigger. And now he has more than a sports car. You should see his car is driving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you see, wow, when you see him, when you see him, you will see that you've seen a guy. Yeah, yeah. By the time, he didn't look like much. Just a very, very, you know, very, very humble guy. And he also sit by the mixer. 
Very humble guy. I'm telling you, today when you see him with his wife and children, and then you see this girl, how miserable she has become. The yellow card is gone. The yellow card just fizzled out of the earth. <laughs> You see, if you don't have a goal, you'll be distracted. Because of yellow cars, there are yellow cars everywhere. <laughs> Life has many yellow cars. <laughs> yeah. Life has many yellow cars along the way. Number two, number two, let's go. Our time's up. Number two, the second characteristic of, of a good leader is that a good leader has faith. to a land that I'll show you. They haven't shown you the land and you're going. <laughs> yeah. Come with me to Hebrews 11. Verse 8 says that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should thereafter receive an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing where he, died, where he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles as Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Amen. You see, I was, I was, I was looking at this and I was saying to myself, why is it that every leader must have faith? Every leader must have faith, number one, because... If you don't have faith, the attacks and the challenges will discourage you. Are you with me? If you don't have faith, not unless you have not been called to do anything great, but any time you are called to do anything great, you, discouragement will come. Challenges will come. And it will take your faith to endure the challenges and adversities that you go through. How many understand what I'm saying? You see, it's not easy to follow something that you haven't seen. Because, you see, we are not told that God came physically to speak to Abraham. So, we are assuming that he had a vision. He had a dream. How can you follow that dream? It could be that you ate too much before you go into bed. <laughs> or it could be that you didn't hear correctly. Especially when things don't work well. You know, God has called you. He says that I will make your descendants like the stars of the heavens. I will make your name great. And then you go with this wife. You are now 90. This wife is not producing a child. Where is the descendant? Where are the descendants going to come from? You see, all those things have a way of making you doubt what you thought you heard. You must have faith in the voice that you heard. You must have a certain belief, a certain firmness, in your, a certain resolution in your resolve to follow. 
otherwise you give up. Secondly, you must have faith in yourself that you have the ability to achieve that aim. See, sometimes we have faith, but we don't have faith in ourselves. How many understand what I just said? Sometimes the, the, the lack of faith in you is the reason why you haven't achieved certain things. You see, when you go to a, an interview, they are looking for something. What they are looking for is not just competence, because all of you that have been selected for the, the interview are competent enough for the job. All of you qualify for the job. All of you have enough experience to do the job. So it's not experience they are looking for. It's not competence they are looking for. It's not uh, qualification they are looking for. They are looking for something, the eighth factor, the eighth thing. They want to see whether you are compatible, whether you have faith in yourself. Whether, what are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing that's different from everybody else? What do you think you have that is making you the one that we have to choose? The reason why nobody, no man has chosen you yet is because you haven't presented anything that's different from anybody else. You are always... You don't have faith in yourself. You walk, no conviction. You are going like that. You are going. You are going. Then you are coming like that. You are coming like that. What are you bringing? Why must I choose you? Oh, I shouldn't go there. Okay. Let me change it. <laughs> I'll change. I'll use something else. It's okay. <laughs> okay. My time is up. Let's go home. <laughs> I've even blessed. Okay. I'll give five minutes to ask questions. Is that okay? Yeah. If you lack faith and you are pushing by, by manpower, it's only a matter of time you would burn out. Are you with me? What makes the journey and the work easy is your faith that it is going definitely going to work. Are you with me? It's like without hope, we are nothing. Hope is what builds faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We haven't seen it, but we hope. And our hope is so strong that we have faith in it. But for by it, the elders obtained a good report. For the whole world was created by the things that we cannot see. And the thing that we cannot see is the faith that God had. Are you with me? Your whole world is created by what you believe. And what you hope for. What you are working towards. So you must have a plan. When you have a plan, you never get tired. Even when it's not coming, you still, you still, you still push because you believe in the plan. Are you getting it? Yeah. And you push until it happens. And it will definitely happen. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Yeah. He said that you, uh, you should not know your destination. Yeah. Then at a point, you also said that you should have a goal. So how do you reconcile the two? The goal is not a destination, necessarily. The goal is, is like a blueprint, a blueprint you have. You are working towards. My goal is to achieve uh, what God wants me to achieve. To be a blessing. You see, like if you see any company, they give you uh, their, what's it called? Mission statement. It's a general goal they have. Are you with me? But they don't have, a, they won't have like, a, we are going to end when we, we have 
385 million dollars in the bank or million pounds, then we have reached our goal, our destination. No. But they give you a generalized statement. So that is your, your vision that you are working towards. But the destination is another thing. You understand? The destination is revealed as time goes on. You understand? Because it is that it is ultimately following the goal, but it's going to another level. It's taking you. It's, you, you understand? Until you go there, you say, ah, okay, so it was all these were steps towards the main thing. You get it? Don't worry about it. Never ever compete with the yellow car. Yeah, because the yellow car doesn't mean anything. You see, and if you are if you are here, never ever want a yellow car. See it. Always go for potential more than the finished article. Because the finished article, somebody finished it. And the person was not faithful to stay with that somebody. That's why they've come to you. (laughs) 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 Rev, is there something like a specific person okay, that you are you are most compatible with all <laughs> we are looking at. <laughs> oh, we are looking at. <laughs> There's one person who can answer this question more than me. <laughs> okay, or well, we are looking at, oh, it should be qualities. If person. person I don't know why Reverend has given me that this thing. If, I, I if guess if we are coming to take the offering. For somebody who is in my chapel to ask that question, that is. Yeah. I don't know why we keep having to answer for some. How can we keep having to answer this question over and over again? <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to feel, feel that, that. Yeah. I think even by the beginning of Reverend's message today has defined that there's no such destination, isn't it? And when you look through scripture, you realize that even when people even say that I want to walk in the will of God, I want, you know, you realize that it is not about the specificity, but it is about the continuity. So when it comes to relationship, you are, it is whatever to the glory of God, which means that there's a kind. It doesn't mean there's a person. Because if the, the reality of life is that God has a specific person for you, then it means that the first person who married the wrong person has messed up the romantic equilibrium of the world. Because any children they have had is wrong. So anybody those children married, they've married wrong. So everything they are producing is wrong. So from the first wrong choice, everybody, the rest of the world, all our combinations are a mess. So it's not about a specific person, but it is more about a type. Do you understand? It is more about a type in terms of whatever the relationship, godliness, um, what do you call it, compatibility, whatever. So you are, you are, God has not created a person for you. Do you understand? But you, God has created a specific desire in you that there are a number of people that will meet that. Do you understand? Yeah. Because we cannot just mess up the whole romantic equilibrium of the world. Then everything has gone haywire. Because now we are all wrong. We ourselves, our birth is wrong. Which means that whoever we are marrying is wrong. And everything we produce is wrong. Then the person that God has planned for you is wrong. Because the person didn't come. Do you understand? John should have married Mary. And their children should have married one of their children. But John went to marry Josephina. All their children, none of them can marry. 
Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. So in, in Colossians, the Bible says that whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So when you are marrying, your aim is that your marriage will glorify God. Do you understand? So when you are marrying an unbeliever, then you know that I don't care how the person fits with you and how you gel well and how it is not to the glory of God. And in the opposite way to there might be somebody that you feel like you don't get shivers, you don't get goosebumps, you don't get, but you marry and you see that your marriage is, your marriage is well, healthy, strong, and grows, and the love generates and grows. So some may start with goosebumps and end up with rashes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's put our hands together for the Lord, and I think that's it.